Hey Freedomist, it's time to shift your mindset and beliefs for the new year. Welcome to the Suitcase Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Sisson from New Zealand, and I'm here to show you how to create freedom in business and adventure in life. Whether you simply want a profitable business you can run from your own home and take the rest of the time off enjoying doing what you love, or if you want to travel the world and be a digital nomad, this podcast is for you. So let's go for it. So as we head into 2017, it's the time of year where you want to shake things up, where you want to look at setting goals that resonate and actually have meaning, where you want to set goals that are actually going to take you into the new year and you're going to accomplish them, where you want to look at beliefs that may have been holding you back, at stories that you've been telling yourself year after year that really aren't serving a purpose. And for me personally, with a new website and the new systems and a new course and this business sabbatical coming up, I've been shaking up a lot of my systems and some beliefs. And I thought it was a perfect time to bring in my friend Osman Sharif, who's a genius at this, to talk about exactly this. So in this episode, we talk about not having your solid foundations in place and what you can do about this. Not using your entrepreneurial superpower to be in flow doing the work that you love. We talk about outdated goals, toxic goals, and strained and stretched goals. And then we go into the five quick self-reflection questions that you can ask yourself to shake things up. So I think you're going to love it. We've got his wonderful accent back on this podcast. It's fast-paced, it's energetic, and you are going to absolutely make some shifts if you listen into this. So let's just dive in, shall we? Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Suitcase Entrepreneur Podcast, 296 episodes today. And I am super thrilled to invite back my friend, Osman Sharif, because he's so popular on this podcast. Everybody talks about how sexy his voice is, because he's from Scotland, and we love having <laughs> Scottish. And I think you're the only Scottish guest I've had on the show as well. So today we're going to talk about essentially how do you move past your limiting beliefs to start off the new year in the best possible way. So welcome back. Well, thank you very much and um, welcome everybody. It's a pleasure to be back here for the second time. I can't believe how long it's been, Natalie, but it's um, lovely to be back so soon. Well, we can't have you on there too often. You know, people will think something yeah. might be going on. So for those of you who haven't heard about Osman before or listened to any of our podcasts, he's actually my go-to guy for talking about mindset, sometimes to do with neurolinguistic programming, so shifting of your beliefs and habits, and also to do with wealth dynamics, which he and I both love. And he was the first person to kind of introduce me to it way back when I did the first wealth dynamics profile test on what kind of an entrepreneur are you and how does that affect what business you should be in and what team you should have and what strengths you should play to. So we're going to touch on that a little bit today. But um, Oz also comes to my retreats and we're going to be doing another one in Bali in March. And we just we really jive in super well together. So I love I love having you and I also love tapping into your brain around these things because you live and breathe mindset every single day with your clients. And what do you think just off the top of your head is one of the key things that's coming up more and more often for your clients right now that you're working with? Is there one single challenge or I guess limiting belief that you're seeing they're having or is it always quite different? Yeah, well, Every individual can be very different depending where they are. But fundamentally, Natalie, for me, it's about not having their solids and um, their foundation solid, I should say. Um, and that's where if we don't have that foundation solid for that individual, 
then really anything that we do, yes, we can get results, but we just make life a lot harder for ourselves. So that's definitely something I've been seeing with with my clients when I first start to get to to work with them and other people, even asking them questions around, you know, what are your plans for your business in the next month, the next three months or the next new year? Mm -hmm. um, quite often they, they're, they're scratching their head or they find it really difficult to think about or even to articulate. So definitely the foundations is a thing that I'm noticing a lot. And so when you look at foundations, like if you're working through with your clients, how do you, what does a foundation mean to you? Like what are the areas that you look at? Yeah, so I keep things really simple here um, and I call it my rapid transformation formula. And every single person, when it comes to really growing your business, because that's what I'm all about. Um, if we have three foundations rock solid, you'll just make life so much easier for you. The first one is having your design crystal clear. And that's like, and I'm sure we'll talk about it today, but your goals. People talk about goals. People, I'm sure, set goals to an extent. But Think about it in this way. I mean, you would never just go and start building a house, would you, just with a, a little notion or some kind of thoughts. You would have a proper solid design of what you'd like that to look like, how many bedrooms, what, where would you like the plumbing, for example. But we need to make sure that we have that design and that design is actually personalized for you as that entrepreneur and that business owner. So that's the number one part of the formula. The second part is a mindset because it doesn't matter, Natalie, how great the goal or the design is that you have. If you've got mindsets in particular, limiting beliefs that are holding you back, then it'll always feel like, you know, you're taking two steps forward and then a couple steps back and that yo-yo that kind of ride or that roller coaster mentality of being an entrepreneur is typical if you've got mindsets that aren't absolutely supporting you. And then the last part is, you know, yes, you can have the right design, you can have the right mindsets. And Natalie, we've worked together for a number of times now, as you said, and I'm definitely not one of these coaches and mentors who are all about, yes, yes, you know, being all rah, rah and being all hyped up because, yes, you can be so positive, but you can still be going around in circles if you don't have the last part sorted, which is your strategies. So, Really, the strategies are all about your habits. It's about the actions that you take and the things that you don't do as well. And how can they help you move your business and the results forward? So really simple. You need to have the right design, the right mindset and the right strategies all working for you. Love it. I love it. All right. Well, so then this begs the question as to why people don't have it. So to speak to what you just said before, you know, a lot of people not even knowing what they're doing next month, let alone the next three or six months. I guess that's why I ran the, you know, how to have your ideal year workshop, because like I've planned out my entire next year for next year, our entire editorial content calendar, all our promotions. And it just, mm -hmm. yeah, it was a little bit of work, but it feels amazing because now we know exactly what our plan is for the next 12 months. And there's no reason we can't hit it. And there's no reason we shouldn't be prepared. And there's no reason we can't do all our blog posts in advance, why we can't organize our launches and our products and our offerings around that. And it, it feels great. And it's, it's taken several years to, you know, have that mm -hmm. in the past, it used to maybe be three months in advance or six, but either way, having some forward planning and knowing where the heck you're going is going to make every single day so much easier to be able to know what to focus on. So why don't we do this? <laughs> I know the answer, <laughs> and, and I think, but what's your answer? <laughs> definitely. So, and I think it is down to sometimes just giving yourself permission to then go, okay, what do I want to kind of achieve as well? Because 
that can be quite scary for some people. Some people, you know, they, they go, well, I don't really know what that would be. And then they can go round and round and round in that loop. But actually, the thing is, we all get to decide that and we all get to make those goals up for ourselves. So as soon as we give ourselves permission to go, well, what is our best thinking right now? And that's one of the things that one of my mentors many, many years ago shared with me because I was one of those type of business owners, Natalie, where I used to procrastinate setting firm goals because I kept thinking, well, I need to know this first. I need to know that first. But that would just kind of lead to a lot of inaction in the earlier years. So instead, my mentor kept saying to me, Osman, what's your best thinking right now? Set your goals around that and then take action from there. And that really um, avoids overwhelm. And I still remember when we were in Bali last year, was it together on the Mastermind? And I've never seen a group of people enjoy business planning so much because of the way that you shared it with everybody was keep it simple. It doesn't actually have to be overcomplicated. Even the kind of template that I know you use a lot, which is the one page business plan. Is that right? Is that what you call it again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one page miracle yeah. plan. But yes, yeah, the one business <laughs> So even by actually just taking that and and having a snapshot and really drilling that down into, you know, what does your business look like? You know, what would you like it to look like going forward? And then having that mindset that you're actually going to do all that you can to take that right action. Um, The other one thing, and we obviously could talk about it a lot and that's what the last um, podcast episode that we did was all about, was your entrepreneurial superpower. And that's another thing that really can make it difficult for people if they don't really understand what their superpower is or where their talents are. Because quite often I see business owners designing a business that actually isn't the right business for them. And it's not me saying what's right or wrong for you, but you know, I'm sure many people in your audience can can relate to that feeling of thinking that they should do something. They should create a certain product or a service or they should do this or they should do that. But actually, do they really want to do that? Does that fit in with their zone of genius? Does that light them up? Does that inspire them? And that's really when you understand what your superpower is, when you can start to then go, well, okay, knowing who I am, knowing what my personality is, how do I make that a core part of what I want my business to be and the business plan shaped around that? Yeah, I love that. And it just reminds me, like, for example, last night I happened to do my 481 reconciliations of my PayPal <laughs> account and zero, which is an awesome financial tool. And uh, it that wouldn't normally be my zone of genius or the place where I'm in flow. But there's also something about that dedicated focus of knowing, you know, my profit and loss for the for the whole year um, and being able to look at the income versus expenses and get a really good handle on it. And there's also something about the software, which as you're clicking the OK button and it's been a successful reconciliation that kind of lights my fire like the little competitive streak in me is like ooh, another one ooh, another one and it becomes a bit of a game so I think why I'm just pointing that one out is I think when we've talked before I was like there's a lot of people who shouldn't be um, doing accounts and it's not necessarily my favorite thing although I like to know where I'm at but next time I'm going to for example farm that activity out to my assistant once I show her exactly how to do it, uh, because I would much prefer to be creating or speaking um, or working with people, you know, in a client sort of format or just doing the work that I think lights me up. And yeah, it's just a really good example of how if you have to do that kind of work in the interim and until you build a team or until you have better systems, making mm-hmm. it fun or finding a way to do it that kind of does feel a little bit more in flow with you or limiting it to half an hour at a time so it doesn't suck your energy. 
Yeah, definitely, because that's really important because, again, depending on where you are and in your business. So, again, people can have that 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 mindset of they have to be an all-rounder or they have to do everything, which I know you're absolutely kind of, you know, a far cry away from. But at times we do need to kind of get stuck in and understand the parts of our business that are not within our natural talent. But as long as we are aware of that, we can then start to put strategies around it. So you're not doing it all through the whole week and therefore you're not being motivated, you're not being inspired. So I know, for example, finance is one of the ones that are similar to me. I don't love it, but I do it in short, sharp, you know, blocks of time. I batch it. So therefore I know it's not going to be the most enjoyable enjoyable thing for me but I kind of then love that feeling of like you say knowing well what's this telling me and what am I going to do with this information with what these numbers and how to make sense of them really yeah. so it's not an excuse so so I always say that to clients so even when when anybody does their wealth dynamics profile or they find out what their, their superpower is I always say it's not an excuse for you know inexcusable behavior you can't turn around and bury your head in a pillow and say, oh, I'm not going to do that. That's not my, my zone of genius because you might need to have that thing happen in your business. It's just about making sure you limit it or get the help so that you can spend most of your time doing what you love doing as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to now come on to goals. So I think you mentioned yes. a little something to me before we jumped on this about, you know, setting goals that are going to be it's a such a frustrating word for some people because there's so many different ways to set goals. If you look at Leo Babauta from Zen Habits, he doesn't believe in goals at all. He believes in habits and actions. Um, and for other people, they absolutely thrive off them. That's the way they get through. Like that's the way they focus on everything. Uh, Michael Hyatt's got his, you know, goal setting. You've got Todd Herman's 90 day goals, like 90 days at a time is easier to focus on. Some people may listen to me having planned a year out in advance and they're like, ah, but I haven't planned my goals out a year in advance. I've just planned out the structure and I know exactly what we're doing in our business and a lot of that is because I'm taking a business sabbatical next year so it has to be yeah. organized but do you want to talk through a little bit about goals and then something you mentioned to me before we started talking was toxic goals and I really want to hear more yes. about that but first off yeah just what's your sort of your stance on goal setting yeah Definitely. So I think goal setting is really important, but it depends on what label you use. So typically I use goals because a lot of people use that language. But for me, it's about having that direction, knowing what it is that you want to achieve and getting to the point. So it's not just a clinical exercise. For me, when I work with my clients, when I'm coaching and mentioning them, whether that's in one to one or as part of my online group coaching, it's important for those goals to actually mean something to you. So when you close your eyes, it's like you've got a preview, like a movie trailer of seeing that happen. That's so much more powerful rather than just having it written down in you know, black text on, on a white background or a text document. So you know, for me, yes, it's about knowing what your goals are, but then I help to actually translate that into, well, let's say, for example, you wanted to make, um, let's just pull a number out there, $100,000 um, next year. That's your turnover target. Mm -hmm. Just making that up. Okay. So That's a pretty common goal so for a lot of people, by the way. I want to make six goal. figures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But for me then, and this is where I'm very practical, and that's kind of what I love when I'm working with clients. I get really grounded with them um, or help get them grounded because quite often they're kind of up in the sky or they're quite you know creative or big picture thinkers. So then it's about your standards. So if you want to make that happen, what is the standards that you're putting in place to make that happen? And this is where your habits come in, your your actual, so what do you stand for? So that might be that a minimum standard for you in your business is that you speak to, you know, 10 new leads every single week. 
Okay, so that's something that you can focus upon. You can actually do on a weekly basis. You can break that down into a daily basis. And can you see how you're not just so focused on the goal, the long-term goal then, you've got, you're doing something that's so much more in your control. So I use the word standards a lot. I'm like, what's your standard for this week? How will we know if you've hit your standard? How will we know if you've surpassed your standard? And therefore, that's something so much more tangible and so much more, you know, exciting for a lot of my clients because they are not too overly worried about the the long-term goal. They can focus more on the, right, well, what am I doing and how do I adjust it as the weeks and the months go by if they have to ramp things up or if they decide to slow things down if they want a holiday or something like that. Yeah, I really like that. So then what is a toxic goal? A toxic goal is something I'm I'm always listening out for, okay? And I'm sure you've heard it in lots of different ways. But my definition of a toxic goal is when either myself or someone says something along the lines of, well, I'll be happy when, okay? Or mm-hmm. I'll be successful when I've reached six figures. Because the way our minds work, and this is where my whole NLP, neurolinguistic programming background comes in is that our unconscious mind is soaking up and listening to everything that we're we're saying to ourselves as well or saying to other people. So if you're saying to yourself, I'll be happy when that happens, effectively you're telling yourself that you can't be happy right now. Okay. Yeah. So you're always you're deferring that 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 feeling until something happens in the future. And that could be a kind of a real recipe for a disaster because that's where a lot of people are then, you know, not actually enjoying what they're doing or not, you know, giving themselves permission to really be happy with the progress that they're making as well, because they're always thinking, well, I've not achieved that goal yet. You know, it's still quite far away and therefore it's quite toxic for their mindset or they're not really recognizing the the, the journey that they're on either. Yeah, absolutely. I really, really like that. And just a, a quick example, like how have you set your goals for 2017? I have, I have. Cool. So my big, one of my big goals for for next year is, as you know, I do a lot of one to one coaching and mentoring with my clients, and that's that's mm-hmm. going to continue, and I'm going to be ramping that up. But working with kind of people a lot more, kind of premium, kind of level to help them grow their business. But I last year set up um, an online coaching group as well called the Transformation Exchange. So 2017, my big part of of my goal is to kind of grow that to kind of a membership of a consistent membership of a hundred members. So that doesn't seem necessarily a lot for a lot of people but that fits with my personality because I love getting to know people I love very much in terms of understanding who you are in the group and actually adding value so my big my big goal is how to move that and how to kind of make sure I'm adding value to really grow that part of my business as well oh I like it and did you go away to set your goals like how did you go about doing that so I, I do, um, I, I like to get away from my office to do that. So it's always kind of a, an evolutionary kind of experience. And definitely, obviously, the time that me and you had in Bali, you know, what a lovely location that was to, to yeah. refine goals and to think about what that was. Um, and then only two weeks ago, I was in London. So I took some time out. I went on a workshop for myself because it's really important for me to continuously step out, especially when I'm coaching and mentoring other people. It's important for me to step out and have coaching and mentoring myself and that was really good for me to challenge well what are my goals now because this leads me to the next point that's really important is Natalie have you heard you might have experienced this yourself or other people you've worked with but some people just set the same goals year after year but in fact they're actually outdated goals Mm -hmm. it's something that they thought they wanted maybe when they left the corporate world or a year ago or two years ago 
but they're not actually really always being honest with themselves or giving them the, themselves the time to go, is this goal still what I really want to have happen? And if not, giving yourself permission to redesign it and actually go after something that really lights you up and inspires you. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we keep those outdated goals there because we just want to hit them. Like, you know, this is, yeah. oh, I think that I should be doing this. I said that I do it last year. I didn't. So I'm going to put it on the list again. And I, I get why people do that. It's a bit like, you know, writing a book like, oh, I said I was going to do it next year. So I'm going to do it this year instead. But if you're really not aligned with it and it's really not actually floating your boat and you just don't see like that is the main thing that you want to do, then why do you keep putting yep. it on there? Or if you keep saying you're going to do something and you've seen it on your goals list for the last two years, but you're not achieving it, I'd, I'd look more deeply at whether that is in fact a goal that's yours mm -hmm. versus something that's been kind of imposed upon you. Like a, a lot of other people said, oh, you should expand your business or you should offer yes. this kind of thing or something. And so you take it on as your own goal, but it's actually not even of interest to you. Definitely, definitely. And that's I've seen that so many times. And even even when I was starting my business, I'll, I'll share one quick example. Um, I started my business and I left the corporate world and I never thought I would want to go on this journey of entrepreneurship. And I started my NLP based training and coaching business. So I had really set goals at that point. I wanted to be delivering practitioner and master practitioner courses all throughout the UK. And I really quickly achieved that. So I got to the point where I was delivering the 50th seven-day course and I started to think, hmm, okay, now what? But the way I always think about this is sometimes we actually can't set goals too far ahead because we don't know what we don't know. Okay, so because I was there taking action, working with people, delivering those courses, that's when I started to really kind of understand, well, actually, I love working with people that come from that environment, you know, the traditional or the corporate environment, but they want to go out there and do something for themselves. Okay, mm -hmm. and so that's when it was a few years down the line when I started to go, why is it that I love it when, you know, one of those type of students books onto these NLP courses or when I then coach those kind of clients as well? And that was about me really understanding who I was, what I love doing, and therefore the type of people I was attracting as well. But I still had goals to actually, so I really wanted, one of my goals was to deliver 100 NLP courses. It was just a number. But then I kind of started to really not enjoy it as much as I did. And I really noticed a difference. And every time I'd say to myself, right, I'm going to slow that part of my business down so I can really grow the coaching and the mentoring side, what would happen? I'd get more phone calls for people saying, when's your next NLP course? And therefore, I was on that hamster wheel thinking, well, I should do it. Well, people are asking, I should, I should, I should. And really, until I gave myself a big kick up the backside and said, <laughs> is this what I want to do? And until I stopped scheduling courses and really drawing a line under the sand of it, that's when that's what it took for me to then really kind of show myself and other people that rapid transformation was having a rapid transformation. And we were on a different phase and a different focus. And that's where really the mentoring and the coaching really grew off, um, took off for the, the entrepreneurial side of the business. I'm just interrupting this awesome interview with Osman for a quick word from our sponsor, HostGator. Uh, it has been a full year of having HostGator sponsor this podcast. They are the reason that it happens week after week because without their support, I wouldn't be able to bring you such a high quality show. So please shout out to them at HostGator on Twitter and go across to HostGator.com forward slash suitcase where you can get 50% off any hosting package. A super generous offer. It's only going to be here for a little longer. So please do that. Support 
hostgator.com forward slash suitcase for 50% off any website or blog hosting package. Go and check them out. Now let's dive back in to this interview with Osman. So I share that just to show that, but when I left the corporate world, you know, nearly 10 years ago, I couldn't have told you that this is what I'd be doing then because I didn't have the experience. I didn't take action. So you just don't know what you don't know. And that's okay. <laughs> I like that too. And just to switch into wealth dynamics right now, because I, I, for those people who aren't listening, there's, there's eight profiles, I believe Osman, and you're a trader and I'm a star. And so our energies balance really well. Do you want to give a quick example of how a, a star and a trader, for example, would work together? And why I say that is I, I do want everybody to honestly do this test and I'll put a link to it in the show notes at suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash 296. Um, but I do want people to, to do it because I get every single team member to take the test now and then I know exactly where they kind of sit in my organization. I don't pigeonhole people into this because mm-hmm. everybody's different, but it does really help me to understand how to work with them, what activities are going to light them up. For example, I have a I had a lovely virtual assistant who I really adore. Um, but he was a creator and it's he just shouldn't have even been an assistant because a creator is not somebody who has attention to detail um, they are not organized and systemized and as I said detail orientated they don't like that kind of work and um, they're much better suited to creating things and coming up with ideas and strategies and that wasn't what I was looking for in an assistant um, and so it just really, it really showed to me like deadlines were missed. Things weren't done correctly. Yeah. Things were started and never finished. A strategy that I allowed him to set for social media. And I said, why don't you own this? Why don't you own the social media piece? And it just fell by the wayside within five days. It was just amazing. And I was like, yep, because you're not working in your zone of genius. So to come back to this test, that's why it's so important. It doesn't mean that he couldn't be used somewhere else really, really well. Definitely. That wasn't the right role for him. Um, And so for you as a trader and, and me as a star, um, which I think is a great combo. So just do you want to talk through a little bit about some of the traits and, and how we work well together so yeah, that other people def- can see how that would fit? Definitely. So stars are are very typically those that are quite big picture. They're very visionary and they're really good at acting really fast. So they'll take an idea or a concept. They don't necessarily have to create it themselves, but they'll they typically have their own interpretation of it or their own spin on it. And they're really good at connecting with people and they love variety and they love people. So that's why typically a star would love to be in front of a larger group of people. So whether it's an podcast or a stage or in a group in that way. If I compare that to a trader, a trader is very much more grounded. So this is like um, we're, you know, think about a market trader or someone that's in retail. They're ears to the ground. They've got a really good sense of timing when it's right to launch a product or what season are they in. And they typically are very good at managing great relationships. So that's why a lot of my coaching clients, um, I have worked with them over a number of years. Even those people that I've had the pleasure of, of training on my NLP courses, a lot of them still are in my life, you know, and in my business as well, because traders are very good at relationship building, referrals in that way. Not always necessarily coming up with a brand new idea or having that creative vision, but they're very good at executing and actually delivering in that way. And that's why I said before, I typically work with a lot of people that they're so excited, they're creators or they're stars, and they they just start taking lots of action, but they get bored quite easily. And then they think, Mm, maybe this isn't the right idea. But quite often, it's just because they haven't taken that idea down to the full potential of it. They haven't grounded it. And that's where I come in and 
particularly why I love working with small groups or in a one-to-one basis. I hold people accountable, I help them get grounded, and I help them actually get the action and the results that they deserve. Love so that's, that's a yeah. bit of a snapshot, um, snapshot. And that's why when we've together, you know, I know we've worked in, I've um, been the guest coach in Portugal and also in Bali. It's really great when, you know, we, especially the mastermind sessions, when there's a business owner that they're talking about a challenge and, you know, you have your perspective because you look at it from that star-like, um, you know, on superpower. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. So it's like we're, we're yin and yang and, that, and that's the whole beauty of how we can work really well together and how we do work well together in that way. So that's that is me. That's me just kind of giving a real snapshot of it. And like yeah. you said, I'd encourage everybody to to really find out what their wealth dynamics profile is and their superpower. It was a game changer for me yeah. because, like I said right at the beginning, you know, it, 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 it informs everything. You know, when you know what your personality is and your superpower, it affects the design. You know, I used to think the only way to be successful in a personal development business was to be like a Tony Robbins. That's a far cry from, from me. <laughs> Therefore, I mean, the strategies are very different. How I how I market is very different from like a Tony Robbins or a star profile. And therefore, even giving yourself the permission and that mindset of, yes, it's okay to be me and, you know, get the, the talents and collaborate with other people as and when. So it's like a kind of real win-win situation. That is a total game changer, and um, you know, I I saw it recently happen when we did the Freedom Plan launch, and I was I was training my team up on what a launch looks like for the first time, so everybody was new to it, and it felt it felt straining for me because I realized that I work at the super fast pace and and just yeah. action things, and I don't always need all the decision makers behind it. I don't necessarily need all the details to hand. It's partly gut, it's partly knowledge, it's partly instinct and wisdom, but I will just act. And and I realized at that time I had lords and mechanics in my team who were great, but that's not their natural role. So they needed more detail. They needed more explanation. They wanted to work at a, not that it was a slow pace. They just wanted to know that all the things were kind of lined up before they do things and wanted yeah. to be very clear on it, which I, I actually love about them. But during a launch, I found it ridiculously hard because that's when you actually needed the momentum. So it was a really, it was a really good time for me to really step back and go, okay, how are they feeling right now? What, how is this coming along to them? It probably feels like a, a tumbleweed, like racing mm-hmm. through the desert, and <laughs> they'd prefer to be like in a jeep and just uh, surveying the land. Um, yeah, it's absolutely informed me as to who should be on my team, how I can better work with them, how we can better explain and work yeah. together and use their strengths where where mine aren't um so yeah it's awesome from that respect um and this just leads me on to I guess coming into the final part of what I wanted to discuss with you was around um some limiting beliefs and stuff because in addition to you know knowing what your strengths are and when you're in a state of flow and in addition to outdated goals or toxic goals obviously things that we carry with us forever and ever and ever which we can change but often get stuck with are limiting beliefs so I know that you wanted to talk about five quick self-reflection questions to um, basically shake shake everybody up, yep. like all of us. So these are five questions I think we can take into the new year to just look at what is holding us back, what stories are we telling ourselves that are outdated and holding us back, um, what beliefs are we holding on to that really aren't letting us grow. Definitely. And I think this is one thing just to think about as humans, okay, it's quite scary, but we actually operate on autopilot a lot. And, you know, so that's where what's important to us, our values and our goals and and our beliefs, all of these are getting, they're shaping what we think and what we feel and what we do without us even having to, to consciously do anything about it. So beliefs are super important. And that's when, when I'm coaching clients or mentoring, 
it's typically if someone's not taking action or if they're holding themselves back, it's typically if I can kind of get to the root cause of it, it's down to a belief that they're carrying around. That belief might be, you know, oh, I'm not a good business owner or I never thought I was going to be a business owner. That was one of my old beliefs. I used to never think I was an entrepreneur. Imagine saying that to yourself over and over again. That will massively impact how you feel and how you act as well. There's other people that say things like or believe they're not good with money, they're not creative. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what your belief is. I just want you to start to notice what is it that you're saying to yourself over and over again? Or what is it that you, you say to other people about you? And then once you identify it and the clearer you identify what that belief is, what we're going to do is help you to start to just shake it up. Okay. Even if you look at the word beliefs, if you write that down right in the middle of it, you know, if you think about the spelling of it is B-E-L-I-E-F-S, beliefs. The big, there's a lie in it. L-I-E is a lie. So beliefs are not true, okay? But we believe them to be true and therefore they dictate how we think and how we feel. So let's just say you've got a belief that I don't believe I'm good enough at X. And that X could be public speaking or on video, right? Whatever that is for you. I want you to imagine that you are gripping your hands together, okay? Really tightly. And in the middle of your hands, you've got a pen, Okay, if you grip your hand so tightly around that pen, you can't really feel the pen after a while because it feels like it's just part of your hands. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So these questions are designed to allow you to look at this, your hands up and down and around and just shake it up. And what happens for some people is one question can literally allow that belief to just fall away or a combination of them can help loosen it so it doesn't have as much hold on it. This is something I really specialize. So typically when I'm working with a one-to-one -one client, you know, wherever they are in the world, we get down to where did this belief stem from? But that's a bit more complicated and we'll avoid that for, for, for this podcast, okay? But the questions that I'd love to share with you is identify what that belief is and then ask yourself, well, how has this belief held me back in the past? And really question yourself, how has this belief held me back in the past? Okay. And that then allows your mind, your mind has to start to answer them. And it starts to give yourself that shake to go, yeah, it has held me back. And it could be in a big way. It could be in a small way, but we're bringing it to the surface. The second question is, well, what's it stopped me from achieving? Okay, so even when you're honest with yourself, you're saying, well, actually, by me holding on to this belief or having that belief, it stopped me from doing X, Y and Z, which could have made it slower for me to get that result or to get that opportunity in that way. And being a bit genetic, because obviously it depends on what your, your, yeah. your actual belief is. Um, and then what would I lose if I ultimately don't let it go now? OK, mm -hmm. so the language is designed in, a, in a, a specific way. So I'll share these questions so um, you'll be able to kind of get these questions if you go to the link for the podcast in the show notes so that you can work through them. I'd really kind of get pen and paper out and just let whatever comes into your mind flow out to your if you're typing it or if you're writing it. So the third question was, what would I lose if I ultimately don't let it go now? Because ultimately, it's you're in charge of if you want to carry this belief or not. And it's you have to, it's you who has to give permission to your unconscious mind to go, right, I want to let it go in that way. And then that's why the next question really helps by even asking yourself, well, why am I committed to letting it go now? OK, so if you were to write down all the reasons why you want to let it go, Guess how you'll feel? You'll feel more inspired. You'll feel more in control. You'll feel more like in the flow of you're able to take some action and there's a way forward around it as well. 
And then the last one is, and this is the one I'd encourage you just to trust whatever comes to mind, okay? So even around that belief, ask yourself, when did I take on this belief? And just trust whatever pops up into your head. The majority of times I do that with my clients or myself, just a memory pops up in their head or a certain time and they don't necessarily, they didn't connect the, them two together to go, that was the root cause of it. But when you understand actually it came from, often it's when we're really young or a throwaway comment that you've made to yourself or someone's made, you can start to go, ah, okay, well, that was a bit of a, a silly thing to say or believe or to take on. And that's kind of like you're, you're gardening and getting it from the root to go, that no longer serves me in that way. So trust yeah. and see what, what comes up from them. And those questions, as I say, you know, it could be one question that helps you just to kind of loosen it or the whole combination of them. What they're ultimately designed to do is to work with your unconscious mind and to start to get you to see it in a different light, really, in that way. Mm, I love that. Very cool. Uh, so yeah. great, great questions for all of us to ask ourselves and uh, like how long does this exercise take I was like I'm sure you do it all the time for yourself and with clients yeah. but it could literally take, you know, like a matter of five to 10 minutes. The thing is, you have to be really honest with yourself. Do you know I mean, and and just instead of, you know, analyzing at the point, just let it flow out, because quite often we don't know what we what we what we think in that way. So I had a client, I'll share one example with you. I had a client who started a business and he had to put in a big business order. OK, well, I say biz, a big in, inverted commas. Because what he actually realized was, and you know, when it came down to people actually ordering these products, he would be a bit relaxed about it. So people would say to him, Natalie, I'd like to buy this particular product. And he'd go, right, okay, yep, I'll get around to it. I'll order it for you. And most often than not, he would never even get back to that client that wanted it. And then it'd be a week would pass or two weeks and he'd feel quite embarrassed to go back to them and say, well, do you still want it? So does that make sense? It might sound absurd when it comes to business. Why would you leave if somebody's telling you, I want this? Why as a business owner would you not do something about it? Well, the reason for that was because when he actually was starting his business and it's, it was a network marketing business, he was very much focused around the, the business side, growing side of it rather than the product side of it. And when he was even making his first order, when we went back to that root, root cause, that first event, he remembered himself saying something like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter if I don't sell them anyway. It's not really a, a big amount of money anyway, right? So that little thought that he had was literally, he was carrying it around with him, you know, all the way over a couple of years that he didn't even realize. And that was impacting the, the seriousness he would take about that part of his business. And until we identified it and he actually realized, ah, okay, that's why he's not as, he wasn't as committed around it. We then helped let go of that belief. And I can't remember the exact number, but the week after letting go of it, he actually had more sales in his business by actually selling the products than he did over, you know, a good few months combined just by letting go this single belief. So really powerful when you actually let it go as well. Yeah, and I would just add to that, I've noticed that a little bit of myself, we all do it, just catching yourself when you say, oh, I'm not good at, oh, I can't yeah. do, or I've never been, and even in this circumstance, like I talked to a few people and they're like, oh, no, I'm, I can't surf, and I was like, oh, really? And they're like, yeah, and I was like, well, did you try? And then, oh, yeah, I tried once, couldn't surf. And I was like, oh, so you didn't get a lesson, you didn't <laughs> stick at many lessons, you probably jumped on a board in some shitty waves that were really difficult and you didn't enjoy it, and so therefore you think you can't surf or you're not going to be good at it. Um, and how often do we do that in everything? Uh, you know, yesterday I was speaking to my sister and she said, I'm just, I'm just not 
good at financials and I was like that's not true you have an accountant who does stuff and they don't send you the report you don't look at it you're not excited by it because maybe something's mm-hmm. never made financial numbers actually seem interesting and exciting to you and you don't have now any way to judge how your business is doing I mean that's a critical in my mind a critical thing that all of us should do you can look yeah. at one number and see income you can look at expenses and you can you know look at profit and it should give you an idea and She's like, yeah, maybe that's a story that I've been telling myself, you know, like it's and I was like, yep, it probably is. And I have the same one. So I'm really looking forward to in 2017, breaking through many of those, asking those questions that last month's just asked us, doing that for each of the beliefs. Each time you hear an excuse coming out, each time you hear a can't or a shouldn't or a couldn't or a um, never been able to (laughs) stop, (laughs) just stop yourself and really question where that's come from and whether it's and even. And even out of all the beliefs, the one that I have in my back pocket all the time, and that's why my clients that um, that I coach and mentor just look at me when I say those, those words. It's like, well, when did you decide that? So that's the one that you can keep in your back pocket anytime you hear yourself saying, I'm not good at this or, you know, I can't do that. Just go, when did I decide that? Because what that then does also is it allows you to recognize that actually you're then kind of allowing that to control you. And actually, you've got the choice to do something about it. Instead, you can go, oh, that's my old story. Right? What am I going to do instead to make this easier, like you say, or to change this habit or change the way I feel about it in that way? So beliefs are absolutely not true, which is why it's so easy to let them go really rapidly as well. Yeah. And like we're talking about huge beliefs, like, oh, I'm not worth it. Yeah. I can't ever afford. I can't ever earn a million. Like all all of yeah. us, for all of us. And it blows my mind. It's just that it takes effort and time to work on changing those beliefs. Definitely. And I just really encourage you to do that. And that, again, goes back to the, the rapid transformation, um, the formula. Because, again, sometimes people have the best design or they, and they're doing great strategies, but they're still not really getting the results that they deserve. And often it's down to their mindset, particularly around beliefs. And that's why, you know, quite often, you know, I work with people on an ongoing basis, but also work with people, which I call as an unstuck session. And 90% of people that I have a one-off session with, it's down to their beliefs. And when we identify it, when we get rid of it, it has a big impact. I'll tell you one one other example, sorry, just to bring this to life. Um, I worked with a client about three or four weeks ago, and she was absolutely rocking in her business, okay? And then all of a sudden, she just lost motivation. She had a lot of fear around it. And what happened, and you know, I'm not going to go into all the detail, but literally the, the one person said something to her at a team event two years ago. And that one thing that was said to her, she took on so personally, and it had a massive impact. She thought, well, if they say that, surely, you know, I should believe that myself. And for two years, she, her business literally stagnated and she was actually questioning, should I give it up, etc. And when we went back to that root cause of two years ago, and she didn't even know that that's where it stemmed from, I used some NLP coaching tools to, to help her really bring that to, to life. And after that, Natalie, that after that one session, speaking to her afterwards, it's like a, she's got her mojo back. She's really kind of on fire and she can't believe that effectively she, she let two years pass um, in a way because of this one comment so it's scary what we can do to ourselves mm. um, as human beings as well 100 percent. well thanks for sharing that and i just yeah. i really hope this has helped people shake up their beliefs shake up things that they've been doing consistently and maybe not getting results with for 2017 as we roll into that year to really listen back over to this i'll link to some awesome resources including osman's site in the episode so suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash 296 
um, and my ideal year planning workshop as well because you can do that anytime um, yeah. and probably just some other cool resources that Osman shared that will just be great for you to dig into and really change things up like this is your year I know 2016 has been challenging for many of us but it's time to go ahead and make next year our own and for those of you into numerology <laughs> I was at a mastermind <laughs> just two days ago in Sydney it was fantastic and one of the ladies there is and she said 2017 is a one year and one is for new beginnings starting over etc um, so just whatever if you believe that or don't believe it just use it as a fantastic <laughs> reason to get motivated and start afresh Definitely. And, it's, and as I say, it's about getting your foundations right. So I'd love to give your listeners a, a free gift. You know, even if you go onto my website, you actually could do a quick quiz, which then gives you a real quick snapshot of what's your, your design score, your mindset score and your strategy score right now. And yeah. that often is quite um, an, an eye opener for people to go, ah, OK, it is my mindset that I really need to focus on or it's my design or it could be, you know, a combination of them. So I'd love everybody to to be able to access that for free. And then there's also resources there. And definitely, cool. I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes, um, the last episode, I can't believe that was a hundred episode 112 I was on last time. I had to check that before. But if anybody was interested about finding out more about their superpower wealth dynamics, I would definitely recommend, obviously I'm biased, but check out that episode. <laughs> that both was said, it really? It was 112. Wow. I checked that earlier and I thought, I cannot believe okay. how long ago that was. Amazing. <laughs> and so where's the best place to find you where they can find that quiz as well? Yeah, so you can find the quiz on um, www.rapidtransformation.co.uk slash freedom because I'm going to give you something extra as a bonus. I will take these questions I gave you around the beliefs and I'll give a quick um, handy download for your listeners as well. So you can get that um, and also do the free um, foundations test on rapidtransformation.co.uk slash freedom because you're all about freedom, aren't you? Yeah, we're all freedom. Thanks, Oz. That's really, really generous. Sorry, Osman. We're trying to be professional here. So that is fantastic. Hope you guys have enjoyed listening. Thanks again for your generosity and time. I'm really excited about 2017. To me too, especially especially our trip to Bali. I know, I, mean? I was going to say, um, see you in Bali. <laughs> see you in Bali. Perfect. I wish everybody a, a fantastic holiday period and um, an amazing 2017. So all the best and enjoy growing your business as well. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. As I mentioned, I'm going to link to not only Osman's wonderful free gift and his site, but a blog post around mindset and shifting beliefs. Plus, I'm going to link to my retreat and my ideal year workshop in the show notes. So come across to suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash 296. That's 296. Check out the brand new website. Look at the beautiful new widescreen format blog. The font size is bigger. It's so much easier to read. The podcast is front and center. You can share from your heart's content from there. So please do come across there. If you're listening in on iTunes, I believe you can just actually click on the show notes that are there on your mobile phone. Um, if you're listening in on Stitcher, same thing. And obviously, if you're on either of those apps, please just take a moment to rate and review. Just go to my podcast right there in the app and click on rate and review. If you're on your laptop, go to iTunes and search on Suitcase Entrepreneur and the button comes straight up. And I would love some more ratings and reviews as we go into the new year. And you'll also be getting access very soon to a little sneak peek into my new look, feel and whole new theme of the podcast in 2017. So thank you for tuning in every week. Got a couple of extra bonus episodes this month, actually, as we close in on 300 podcast episodes of The Suitcase Entrepreneur. Thank you, my beautiful freedomist. Go free, be free, 
and go forth and conquer.